Good morning. Wow. If you weren't awake, you are now. <laughs> Let's try it again. Good morning. Good morning. How are y'all doing? Great. Welcome to worship at HFC. We're glad you're here. Um, we wanted to take a minute. Um, last week was Pentecost, and we've been talking about the Holy Spirit. And the pastors were talking about how neat it would be if we could share some of the ways that the Holy Spirit is working in and through us um, as a congregation. So I wanted to just briefly tell you about two ways that God is moving in our church. So let's put up this first one. I would love to introduce you, in case you haven't heard, to Josiah Robert Aguilar. Born Tuesday at 4.10 p.m., 6 pounds, 11 ounces. Mommy and baby are doing well. So is big sister Olivia and Robert. They are home and uh, facing what we all faced that first week, <laughs> that, that panic of, I'm not in the hospital anymore. What am I going to do? So if you would be praying for them as they adjust to life with two kids. Um, a second praise that we want to talk about is... The Pinners have a contract on their house. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Just a couple of weeks, Chad actually left less than a week ago, and we have a contract on the house. Be praying for them. They're set to close on the 21st of June. And if you would, just if you've bought or sold a house, you know how that goes. Things get pushed. Things get moved. There's always something that comes up. If you would, during the next few weeks, pray with me that this will be a smooth transition that Chad and Jen and the kids will be reunited soon, and that everything will go quickly. Um, John Snyder's going to come up. He has an announcement or two. Thank you, Pastor. And we do have some additional good news for you. Uh, I'm here on behalf of the church board, and we just want to give a little timeline as to how things are going to progress for uh, our farewell to uh, Pastor Jeffrey and, and Julie and the family. Uh, first of all, I think you ought to know, and we ought to give ourselves a, a round of applause uh, for our own good work. The love offering for the Penners amounted to 9106.50. Isn't that fabulous? Uh, our appreciation for their 11 plus years of service to this congregation and the wonderful job. Uh, that they did. Now we're going to have our uh, final service with Pastor Jeffrey as our senior pastor on June the 2nd. And uh, this will only be the, uh, the, the first time in almost 13 years that we've had to say goodbye to a senior pastor and only the second time in over 25 years. So uh, we've done very well. I think that speaks well for the congregation and for the pastor's that have served us. But there's going to be a luncheon at Wilburn after the church service. It's going to be a catered barbecue by Pappas. And uh, we're going to have a little donation box there. So if you want to just drop a little in as you go through the line, that'll be helpful to offset that expense. We'll be giving a gift to the Johnsons on uh, the second. But we're going to do a love offering for them for their 12 and a half years of service to us. And we realize that uh, in, the, uh, in the interest of cash flow for some of us, two of those offerings within two weeks might be a little bit of a stretch on cash flow. So here's what we're going to do. 
the church board has come up with, I think, a very good plan. We're going to hold the offering open on the love offering through June. There's five Sundays in June, so we could start today, five Sundays in June, and then through Dr. Johnson will be back as the district superintendent on the 14th of July. He's going to preach for us. He's going to give us an update on where we stand as far as the pastoral call is and uh, just the chance to be like old days and old times and enjoy the Johnsons. We're going to give the love offering to them on that day. And uh, if we did it at the close of the service, that means we could have the offering for uh, the 14th. If you needed to, to do it up to the 14th, you could do that. We'd still get it counted and get it in uh, as our love offering to them. So you've got eight weeks from today through the 14th. We just thought that would help some of us that uh, needed to concentrate a little bit on uh, cash flow uh, by doing two, two offerings that close together. Uh, he'll be back here on the 14th. We're going to have a great celebration next week, celebrating 12 and a half years of wonderful service and great uh, growth in our church for all those years for which we're appreciative. Thank you. I saw this quote um, from one of my friends on Facebook. It says, The Holy Spirit is, in a sense, not our advocate to God, but God's advocate to us. Called down to argue God's case for us. In the Nazarene church, we'd call that prevenient grace, the spirit that goes before and is urging us ever towards God to persuade us that God loves us, that we are forgiven, and that we can live as sons and daughters instead of slaves. Amen? That's the Holy Spirit working in and through us. And one of the ways that we have, that we show that is through our community and through the way that we are family. We are sons and daughters, which makes us brothers and sisters. And so um, I'm going to ask you in a minute to stand and turn around. And a lot of times we'll say, shake hands with eight people or shake hands with five people that you don't know. I want to try something different. I want you to shake hands with two to three people. But here's what I want you to do. Instead of, hi, how you doing? Hi, how you doing? Hi, how you doing? I want you to take a moment and actually have community with someone. If you don't know them, ask their name. If you do know them, ask them how their week is going, and if they ask you, respond honestly. And really, let's have community time right now. So would you stand with me? And let's greet two or three people and have community. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for your presence this morning, Lord. We truly do want to be overcome, Lord. We want your glory to be filled within this place, Lord. We welcome you here today. God, it feels like a weird Sunday, Lord. It feels like we're missing part of a family. And God, I, I just thank you for the fact that you have sold the Penner's house, God, that, that you are working in their lives, Lord. That is not uh, a coincidence. God, I pray, Lord, that you would be with Chad this morning as he he's preaching his sermon right now, Lord, that you would uh, flow through him, God. Lord, I, I pray, Lord, that we wouldn't be tempted to despair uh, with so many changes coming on, Lord. I pray, God, that we'd remember that although we are losing good friends and good pastors, uh, in this building and physically, Lord, 
that we can still be friends with them, Lord, and that you are not leaving us, God. Your presence is going to stay right here, Lord. We have great things to come, Lord. You're going to do great things in this place, Lord. We just pray even right now, Lord, for the person that you will bring to us, God, that will be our shepherd, Lord. We pray that you would be completely in that process, Lord. We pray that we, I pray that we would uh, rise up as a church, that we would continue to meet, uh, like the Bible says, it's, it's good to fellowship and, and good to be serving you and worshiping you together, Lord. Uh, God, I, I, I pray that whatever we came in here with this morning, burdens, Lord, illnesses, um, troubled marriages, sin, whatever it is, God, that you would take it away from us, Lord. Help us to give it up to you, God. I pray, Lord, that just for this next few minutes, Lord, that we could just focus on what it is that you want to do in our lives, Lord. I pray, Lord, that we would just be able to give you our cares and our worries, Lord. I pray for Pastor Matt as he comes and 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 gives us your word and that you speak through him, Lord, that you would give him boldness and courage. And um, God, I just pray for all of the victims in Oklahoma. Lord, what a devastating uh, tornado that was. And But God, we know that you're in the midst of of the shattered homes and buildings and city over there, Lord. And we just pray for all of the people affected by it this morning, God, um, that you uh, would be near to them, Lord, that even through all of this um, tragedy, God, that your spirit would just be made known to people, Lord. May people come to find you as their Savior through this crisis, Lord. God, I just pray uh, for Jeffrey as he's um, with his family today, Lord. Would you just renew his spirit even right now? God, and uh, I pray that we would have a great time with him next week and that we would send him off um, in the right way, in a godly way, and uh, that we would be happy for him and for Chad. And uh, Lord, this is your church. We give it to you today. We want your will to be done in this place. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, when I see that video, uh, first of all, that was not Pastor Jeffrey, uh, just his face. Uh, when I see that video, I, the first thing I think of is that someone had a lot of time on their hands there uh, to be able to do that. Did you ever play with dominoes as a kid? Did you, I mean, I know that the, the game dominoes is a lot of fun, but just to set them up and try to, to come up with, maybe not that extensive, but uh, something, you know, some kind of line. This is one of those games that if you're a parent uh, and your kids have this game, you take over the game. You're like, okay. I can set up the, the dominoes better than Noah can. So get out of the way. Don't start it because, you know, it's intense. And I'm, I'm actually kind of nervous now. I can feel my hand shake because you don't want it to start. Because once it starts, you can't, you can't stop it, right? And it's a, it's a good thing because dominoes, when I think of them, I definitely think of the word momentum. Momentum. Once one knocks over and it hits another one, then it hits another one. And it hits another one. Is anyone else nervous for me? <laughs> All right. And there was a ton, ton of momentum in the early church. In the book of Acts, Pastor Jeffrey kicked this series off for us last week, The Spirit Reigns and Reigns. And he talked about the Holy Spirit working in the first church. And it was powerful. It was amazing. It started uh, with the disciples doing great things through the power of the Holy Spirit. And, and we talked about Pentecost last Sunday and this fire coming down and, and how it was, 
It was unstoppable. And these are the things that happened in that first church. There was healing, and there was providing for people that didn't have any, and there was feeding and forgiving and problem solving, and people were rescued, and, and sins were overcome, and there was sacrificing and witnessing, and people, they just came together, and God did an awesome work. He did an awesome work. And I look at that, and I said, man, that's what I want. I want to see that in our church. I want to see that in my life. And, and I was thinking, well, how did this momentum start? How did it get started? Well, we know it started, of course, with Jesus. He came to earth, and he gave his life. He taught. He loved. He gave us an example, and eventually he died on the cross that we could be forgiven of our sins. We could be forgiven of our, our pasts, and they could be gone. And then this Spirit, the Holy Spirit, Jesus promised us. He said, you know what? I'm going to send somebody to you, not just uh, anybody, this, this counselor, this advocate. He's not going to live beside you. He's actually he's going to live inside of you, inside of you. And when that happened on Pentecost, that day, that unbelievable day when the Spirit came down and, and came inside of his disciples, things began to happen. Powerful things began to happen. And the church was unstoppable. Well, I thought about that, you know, like, we know we have, we have Jesus in his life. When we see the Holy Spirit come down, well, well what happened? That in the lives of these people, with the power, of course, with the Holy Spirit, to see 120 believers that were huddled up in a room just days after Jesus ascended up into heaven, 120 believers, that now they multiplied to 3,000 just days later, then 5,000, then every day people were adding there were more and more people that were becoming believers. And it was one domino after one domino after one domino in this early church that God was working in individuals in, in just a, a huge, huge way. Momentum is powerful. In sports, if, if you have momentum, the basket looks, you, you can never miss. You just, the Rockets don't have that very often, but, it, but when we do, I mean, we catch, in softball, I mean, you can't, you always, the, the field, the holes look huge. You can hit a thousand. You just feel like no one can stop you. In business, uh, there are companies that will hire huge speakers to come in and get momentum started in a company. From, uh, I don't know, Tony Robbins. We know Tony. He's got a smile on his face all the time. Uh, Tony Robbins to Mac Brown to, well, maybe Mac Brown is not a good motivational speaker, but, uh, well, not recently at least, but uh, those, kind of, those kind of people, they'll come in and get momentum started, and, and sales will increase, and catching momentum. And uh, that's what the, the church had, and that's what we're going to look at today. How can we get spiritual momentum? Started with Jesus, started with this gift of the Holy Spirit, and the disciples, uh, they caught fire. And I think it starts for us if we look in Acts chapter 2, verse 42. You can grab your Bibles, your phone, whatever you use. It's going to be on the screen. It's a familiar passage. It, it just kind of just jumps off the screen uh, when you're going through the, the book of Acts. And this is what Acts 2, 42 says. It's talking about the disciples. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And everyone was filled with awe, with many wonders and miraculous signs that were being done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They were selling their possessions and goods, and they gave to anyone as he had need. And every day... They continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes, and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, 
praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to the, their number daily as they were being saved. Man, I love that, that passage of Scripture. Have you read Acts? You, you've seen that before. They devoted themselves. They gave their lives. If, if, if you have the, uh, the, the, the King James, any King James fans out there that you have one right in your hand right now, it's okay, you can admit it. We're here in church. We're amongst friends. It says steadfast. They steadfastly, they gave, they committed themselves. They, they, they committed themselves to the word. They committed themselves to fellowship and, and, and spending time with one another daily. Uh, I have to tell you, for about 12 years now, uh, well, let's just start this way. When I, when I was in college, I was a very, very skinny person. I know, I know. Very skinny, skinny person. Right? Played basketball like four or five days. This is where I discovered girls. Uh, four or five days a week in the gym. And uh, I could eat, you know, you could eat whatever you wanted to in college. And uh, play ball and just skinny. Okay? Well, something happened graduation. I, I started my first church was in South Carolina. And uh, and I, of course, did not know how to cook because I was single. And uh, there was a McDonald's about uh, 100 paces to my right. And they had this barbecue place down the road that was in walking distance. And, and those Tostino pizzas. When you're, man, those things are good. When you, uh, you only have a few bucks to spend on a meal. And, man, I ate a lot of them. And a lot. Uh, sometimes just lunch, just throw in a Tostino and eat the whole thing. Uh, well, something happened. And uh, coincidentally, about the same time, this, this, this little you know, place in life. I, uh, I met my wife, and uh, we got married, and it's been about 10 years, and, and uh, great cook. All through this process, I've been gaining weight, gaining weight and uh, keeping weight on. About, the BMI told me about 35 pounds overweight, okay, that from being super skinny to now uh, having this weight. Well, for the first time in my life, just recently, I have to tell you, I've gotten momentum in this, this area of my life, okay? I've just lost some weight this last couple of months. Uh, that 35 pounds is almost gone. And I have to tell you, looking back, uh, I would ask people all the time, how did you lose weight? I would see people like, hey, how did you do it? I mean, I, just what's the secret? Give me the secret formula, and I want to do, I want to lose that 35 pounds. I want to look like I did in college, and you, you know you've said those things to yourself before, and every time I would go up to someone who'd actually lost weight, they said the exact same thing, basically. I ate better, and I exercised more. I ate better, and I exercised more. I was like, no, 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 what's the secret, okay? Now, what's the real secret? You know there's, you're doing something. You need to tell me about it. I ate better. I worked out. No, really. So along the way, you know, trying to lose that 35 pounds, um, I bought things uh, that would, you know, suddenly make that happen for me. And maybe you've bought a few of these things. I had to borrow a couple of items uh, this morning. Uh, but I definitely owned this at one time, the ab roller. Does anybody uh, remember the ab roller? Yes. Anybody? Just shake. You don't have to raise your hands. You don't have to raise your hands. Shake your heads. You've had this in your house before. Yeah. All right, I had that. Uh, why is it always focused on the abs? Uh, I'm not, I wasn't even thinking about it. I was just trying to see my stomach. At one, you know. But the ab roller was there, uh, and I, I bought this. Or not, I didn't buy this. I borrowed this. This is the chair gym here. Uh, has anybody had the chair gym before or the total? I'll have to pull, pull this up. I think you sit in the chair, and you pull this thing, and you get stretched out. Uh, there you go. And, and I never owned this, uh, and I'll, but maybe some of you have had the thigh master. 
Die Master fans in the house, anyone? No? I honestly, I think I would have tried this, but I'm afraid. I'm not even really sure how it works, but I know that it could hurt you in some way, possibly. <laughs> and was it Jane, Jane Fonda that did it? I don't remember. All right. So, and, and, and then, of course, you got these stretchy bars, and, uh, you, you, you know, you do some kind of things. Uh, these are kind of, this is obviously uh, froofy. I borrowed these from Jack and Mary, by the way. I'm just <laughs> throwing now, I'm not going to tell you, I'm not going to tell you which one is Jack's and which one is Mary's, which one is Jack's, um, but uh, there, and then of course you got the videos, uh, and uh, you've got, uh, I, I borrowed this from, I won't tell you who I borrowed this from, yeah, Yoga Booty Ballet, uh, there you go, and uh, I do not, I've never met uh, Leslie, I think Sansone, but she is very excited about belly fat and trying to help us get it off there. Uh, confessionally, I, I I'm only, would only admit this to my friends who are here, my grandmother had sweat into the oldies. Remember sweat into the oldies? No one was at her house, and I put that tape in, and I was sweating with uh, Gene Simmons, and that is embarrassing, embarrassing. In fact, even one time, one time, uh, does anybody remember, I think we might even have a picture of this, this is a, this old Date a lot of a, a lot of us. Uh, we had a yard sale. We had a yard sale once in uh, in Florida, and somebody donated one of these things, these shake belt thing here. Okay, and you basically, for those who are younger than I won't name an age, but you put this belt around you, and suddenly it just shakes you all around, just convulsively. And uh, apparently, that's for. $139.99, that will suddenly get you in shape, okay, by just getting shake. We, we had it for the yard sale. I, I wouldn't sell it. We kept it in the youth room, and it was hilarious. Uh, and, of course, I would sneak over there. Oh, this, this thing doesn't work, kids. This is silly. In the middle of the night, go over there. <laughs> nothing, nothing. I've tried about everything. I mean, there's some funny things. Maybe a couple other pictures we might have. Maybe you've tried some of these. You've got the, the, uh, the Pilates ball. Have you seen one of those? Have you got one of those in your house? Yeah, or my, my dad had the gazelle. He had the gazelle uh, there in his house as well. Um, I talked to someone this, this, this last week, and they had one of those belts, those ab belts. They said, didn't do anything for my abs, but suddenly always burning, just a burn sensation in, in there in your, 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 your midsection. And you know what, I, I'll even, I'll, I'll confess this, just jumped in my mind, I even bought some of those pills one time. Like, just take those pills, you know? I think it was like Slim, uh, slim Trim or something like that. All I did was get sick, okay? Just got sick. And I, I have to tell you, those, those things, they may might work, you know, if you put time into it. But something happened this last couple of months. We, we just had this competition in our life group, and, and we had this Lenten challenge where we said, you know what, we're going to whoever loses the most percentage weight. And so when, when, I, when I got serious about it, when competition came into play, of course, uh, I thought, okay, I've got to do this. All right, forget that stuff. All right, wh- how did people, how did they lose weight? And I just went back to those conversations. Exercise more and eat better. Exercise more and eat better. It's like... Okay, that's what I'm going to do. And so I said, today, this day, I'm going to exercise more, and I'm going to eat better. That's it. And so now, it's a couple months later, 
I'm actually got some momentum going. I've lost some weight, and I'm getting going that direction. Exercise more and eat better. I'm telling you. And I would say, you know, I'm just going to win today. Help me, Lord, help me win today. And I tell you, the disciples, you know, I know that you've heard this. Get into God's word. Spend time with him. This, this is what they did. They, they, they devoured God's word. The teachings of the apostles. You know what the teachings of the apostles are? It's our New Testament. It's, it's a teachings from the Old Testament. We have that right here. They, did, they devoted their lives to this. The, the fellowship, the breaking of bread together with Christian brothers. And when you do that, something amazing happens. When you, you saturate your life in, in this, this kingdom living. Momentum starts in your life. You know, one day Jeffrey comes into my office and he says, he's got a bag of donuts. You know Je- Pastor Jeffrey loves donuts. He comes in and says, hey, I got a, you want a donut? I got a twist for you. I said, get behind me, Satan. I do not want a donut. <laughs> and he looked at me and he said, man, you're getting obsessed. You're just getting obsessed with this thing. And it hit me that day. You know what? Man, I wish people would say that about me with Jesus. I want to be obsessed with Jesus. I want, when my head hits the pillow at night, the thing that I'm thinking of last is God. And when I wake up in the morning, I'm thinking about our Lord, and I'm praising Him, and I'm thanking Him, and and just having these moments with our our Lord. Have you had those before? Let me tell you, if you had, it's addictive, that momentum that happens. It's, It's just so powerful. I mean, you see the world differently, and God speaks in in powerful ways. That's what happens, and that's what happened here. That's how momentum started in the church. These people, they devoted themselves to the the teaching, to spending time in prayer. They broke bread with one another, and it was amazing. It was amazing. Because when 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 you get obsessed with Jesus, his spirit speaks louder. It speaks louder. I have my grandmother Hawkins, uh, she's gone on to be with the Lord, but we would go over to her house, and uh, she lived in Blacksburg, South Carolina, and everything in her house was super loud. She could not hear, deaf as a door now, uh, and she loved Days of Our Lives, and uh, so we'd go into the house, and Days of Our Lives is on, and Bo, you are so hot, and you, and Bo, are they Bo and Hope still on that show? Don't, don't tell me, you know you watch it. Well, she would watch soap operas, and one day we went, and they were so loud on the TV, and they're just yelling at each other, and kind of awkward moments, and, and one day we came, and she was actually crying, and she said she was upset because one of the characters died, and I said, it's okay, Grandma, they just went on, va- that actor just went on vacation, they'll be back to life in three weeks, uh, but she, she would actually, her phone, you picked up her phone, hello, how are you, everything, the volume was just turned up, and that's what I think about with the Spirit here, is that there's times, have you ever heard the Spirit just speak loudly to you? just loud and clear, that it's obvious that he's talking. That's what was happening here in the, in the early church. They were, it, the Spirit was speaking so loudly to the people. Look at, let's just look through a few verses here. In, in, in Acts chapter 5, verse 19 through 20, But during the night an angel of the Lord opened the door in the jail of the jail and brought them out. He actually opened the door. And an angel, this is Acts chapter 8, verses Verse 26, now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, go south. He actually told him what to do. Go south to the, to the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. In 8, 29, the spirit told Philip, 
go to that chariot and stay near it. In Acts chapter 10, verse 19, while Peter was still thinking about the vision, the Spirit said to him, Simon, he speaks directly to him and calls him by name. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul. It speaks to them. In Acts chapter 15, verse 28, it seemed good with the Holy Spirit. They were so in tune with the Holy Spirit, they were able to make this statement. It seemed good with the Holy Spirit and to us not to burden you with anything. Acts 16, 6 says this, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the providence, in the province of Asia. Basically what happened was Paul one day was he wanted to go into Asia and the Holy Spirit stopped him. Has the Holy Spirit ever stopped you before? That's what happened to Paul that he said, Stop, don't go there. They're not ready for that yet. I want you to go this direction. That's the way the Spirit was working and talking and moving in a daily basis on the lives of his people. It started in the word. It started with this devotion, this, this devoted to one another and to this teaching. And that's what God was at work. And he was creating this momentum in, in, in our lives. And I don't think, when we think about being obsessed, and we think about hearing God's voice, it's not just a, a little bitty thing where you can just just give a little bit of, of Jesus in your life. And, and I thought about this week. Nowhere in Scripture can I find a model of having a balanced life with just a little bit of God added in as what God wants, really wants from us. The God of the universe, the Spirit who raised Christ from the dead, is not someone who can just call on, we can call on when we want a little something extra in our lives. Francis Chan, he said it this way. Jesus didn't die in order to follow us. He died and he rose again so that we can follow him to the, cry, to the cross and to true life. That's what it means to be obsessed. That's what it means to, to hear God's voice and to follow it in, in life. So what's the alternative? What's the alternative to this obsessed Jesus life? Uh, this week, uh, kids are probably starting the clock uh, in, the, in their mind. Uh, it's, how many days are left? Eight days are left of school, all right? Now, when I was in school, you could actually begin to like, okay, there's five days, four hours, 30 seconds, 29, 28, 27. Uh, you are counting it down, getting excited. Uh, and it, if we were confessional, some of us would do that even at work. Okay, we've got four more hours until the bell and I'm done. Right, three more. You're, you're, it's kind of like doing time in jail, all right? It's like, okay, I just, if I can just make it to Memorial Day, if I can just make it to the family vacation, if I could, and, and there's these things, you're just, you're doing time. I mean, let's be honest in some situations. I mean, the alternative to, to living this obsessed life is just kind of living a life that's, that's doing time. And it just feels like even going to work doesn't have a lot of purpose into it. The alternative to this obsessed Jesus momentum life is a life that's kind of like ups and downs. Have you ever, and I'm just, this is speaking from my own life, have you ever felt like your prayers hit the ceiling before? And you just felt disconnected from God? And you felt like, yeah, I don't even know if he can hear me. That's the opposite. This, man, why do I even, why am I going to work? God, what is the purpose of all this? In fact, God has a purpose for every one of us. He has a purpose for our church. 
And we we become obsessed with Jesus. And when you get into God's word and when you're fellowship and you, you consume your life with him, you begin to hear him more clearly. And you realize that that God does have something for your life, that every day has meaning. And that's when God speaks loudly, and he's calling us, he's calling us to say yes. He wants us to say yes in our life when he speaks. When you hear his voice, when you hear it clearly, there are moments that you know he's talking to you. That, that happens when you saturate your life in the word and in fellowship and in worship and in praise. He just wants you to say yes when those, those things happen. There was a time where, actually I went, uh, it was NYC a couple of years ago. We were in St. Louis, and there was a, a group of kids who were about to go to a concert, DC Talk concert. I was excited about it. Uh, great group, and the kids were excited, and I'm ready to go into the, the, uh, the arena there, and there was a homeless man, and he was sitting out outside. The kids were walking by him. Some were giving some money, and uh, I had one of those moments. I don't know if you've had this before, but I knew without a shadow of a doubt that the Holy Spirit was talking to me to talk to this man. Not to give him money, which I could do, but I needed to talk to him. And I, I couldn't shake it. I, I just knew it. And so I, I turned to the kids, and there was another adult there, and I said, hey, um, such and such, would you, would you take him on in the concert? And I went up to the man, and I said, I, hey, my name's Matt. You know, I, I know you're, you're looking for some, some money, but you know what I'd love to do? Can I, can I go take you to, some, to just have some coffee? And, and let's grab a snack or something to eat. So we go from there. He said, he was kind of taken back. And he said, yeah. And uh, we go to Starbucks. And uh, just across from the arena, kids are filling the place. I'm 30 minutes late. Now I can see the clock in my mind. And uh, we just start to talk. And I kind of felt like this, man, it's been so long since this guy's probably even had a conversation with anyone. And he begins to tell me his story. And his story, I can remember, was... You know, basically, he was very successful. He has two kids in his business, and uh, he felt like he had a great marriage. And suddenly, uh, he lost his job, and uh, things began. The, talking about positive neg- momentum, negative momentum in his life. He lost his job. Shortly thereafter, things at home got really rough, and his marriage fell apart, and just got worse and worse and worse in life. And now he found himself, on, uh, he's on the streets of St. Louis with a sign in his hand. And, uh, and I, I told him who I was and what I did, and, and we talked a little about, about the Lord. And uh, he talked a lot about his kids and about how he missed his kids. And I was able to, that day um, to pray with this, this gentleman. I would love to tell you that he, right on there in Starbucks he gave his life to the Lord. That didn't happen, but I prayed with him. I talked to him and just, just spoke words of hope into his life. And I left that Starbucks knowing that I was exactly where God wanted me to be that day. And I don't know what happened to, to him. I don't know if his life turned around or what went from there. But when you say yes to God, momentum happens in your life. When, you, when the Holy Spirit speaks and you say yes, and that happens, the more in touch we are with him, the more often it happens. And it happens really on a daily basis when you say yes, yes, yes. Let me ask you this. What's God calling you to right now? What's God calling you to in your life? Because if you're in touch with the Spirit, if you're obsessed with Jesus, He's speaking. And He's speaking to you all the time. 
Maybe it's to do something you've never done before, and it scares you to death. Maybe you, you want to talk to a neighbor about the Lord. I, that's what God's talking to me about now, to my neighbors. How, how, haven't you, how haven't you shared the gospel with the people that live right beside you? Maybe it's something at work or someone, a coworker that your heart just, is, just burns for. Or maybe it's a friend that's going the wrong direction and you need to step in and you need to say something. And God's talking to you about that. Maybe it's a ministry. Maybe it's, it's, a, it's a job career change. That God's calling you to something and you've been ignored. I can't do that, God. I can't. I can't. Yes, you can. God is speaking to you. Say yes. Say yes. Momentum will start. It's a beautiful thing. What's God speaking to you about this morning? That's what the disciples did. They said yes when the Spirit spoke. That, in that passage with, with Philip, what happened? He, uh, in Philip, in uh, Acts chapter 8, uh, Philip suddenly he hears the Holy Spirit speak, and the Spirit says, go down to the desert road between Jerusalem. Pretty specific stuff. Go down there and, 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 and go. So he goes, he immediately goes down to this road where the Holy Spirit leads, and he, and he finds this Ethiopian eunuch, which I, for some reason when I hear Ethiopian eunuch, I just want to speak in a high voice. Uh, you kids, ask your parents what that means later. Um, so he finds this, this, this Ethiopian eunuch, and, and he's in this trail of people, and, and the Spirit says specifically to him, go and stand beside him. So the guy's, he's over there, goes, and he's, he's looking at Scripture. And Philip says, well, do you know what you're reading? And the guy, Philip, begins just to witness to this man. And as, as he's talking about the Lord, suddenly the man says, well, there's some water. Why shouldn't I be baptized? And Philip said, why shouldn't you be baptized? Let's do it right here, right now. That's the way God works. That's what he, when we say yes to him, that kind of stuff happens. This morning, this is just totally off the, my mind here, we heard a noise down uh, in this area. And this, the whole area was shaking. I was trying to set the dominoes to practice, and they were falling over. And the baptism was still on from last week. Wouldn't it be cool if we left it on all the time? Wouldn't it be awesome if we just expected baptisms to happen all the time, every week? That's momentum. That's what was happening in the early church. And that's what God wants to do in our lives. He can do it. He can do it. Now, how does momentum stop in your life? Because I've got a feeling that I'm talking to people, you know what I'm You've experienced this before. You've had that, that, that time with God. You've, you've felt that in, intimacy with the Spirit before. And maybe, maybe you're not feeling that right now. You're thinking about maybe, well, 10 years ago or 5 years ago, or maybe it's not right, like that right now. And you can think about a time where things were closer with you and, and the Lord. Well, how does momentum stop? Well, it stops when uh, we say no to God. When God tells you something, you say, I don't, I, I can't. Uh, and, and that is, is a, when we say no to God, it, it's no good. We, we found that out in Acts chapter, uh, Acts chapter 5. One of my favorite stories, and it's, it's terrible, and this will tell you something about my personality that I would think this. But in Acts chapter 5, there's a story about Ananias and Sapphira. And the people are excited, and they're doing great things, and what happens? You know the story, you're smiling. Uh, they sell their land to give to the poor, well, Ananias and Sapphira, what do they do? They sell their land and only give part of the money to the, to the poor and to the group. And one of the, the, the craziest 
passage of scripture in the Bible. Read it today. Peter says that the, the father, the husband comes in and he says, uh, well, did you sell the land? Yes, here it is. Here's all of the money. Immediately, he says, the man falls dead on the spot there in the Bible. Disobeying, lying. To, you've lied to the Holy Spirit, Peter says. The wife comes in just a few minutes later. Have you sold all this, the money and, and given it uh, to, the, to, the, to the poor there? Oh, yes, we sold it all and gave it. And Peter says, what? The, the feet of the men who took out your husband bo- husband's body, they're at the door right now, and they're going to take your body out too. Bam! She hits the ground. That's some serious, di- I mean, if you're disobedient, I mean, that's, what if that happened today? If we're disobedient to the, to the, the Spirit of God. When we say no to God, that, that blocks, that stops obedience and stops momenti- uh, momentum in the church and, and, and in your life as well. Other things that stop momentum is uh, grieving the Holy Spirit. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse uh, 29 through 31, it says this, Don't let any wholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may be benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit with whom you were sealed on the day of redemption. Get rid of, of all bitterness and rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Sin, it grieves the Holy Spirit. We have it in our life. It stops momentum. When there's, there's sin, there's, and in specifics they talked about anger, it, it's just going to stop momentum. In your, in your heart, in your life. It, it, it grieves God. It calls mourning to the heart of our, of our Lord when that happens. And, and something that jumped out as well, if you're reading this passage, it says, you know, forgive each other just as Christ forgave you. The Spirit may be speaking to you about forgiveness. There's someone in your life that you're holding a grudge against, or, man, it just, you don't understand what they've done to me, what they said. God's calling you, us to forgive, and if we're going to hold on to that, that hurt and that anger, it's going to stop. Spiritual momentum is going to stop in our life. Putting out the Spirit's fire, and, and, and 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 19, it says this, be joyful always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. If you want to know what God's will, just in a broad sense this morning, Here's three things really quick for you. Be joyful, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. This is what the, Lord, the word of the Lord says. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do not put out the Spirit's fire. Do not put out the Spirit's fire. Do you know people that are just Debbie Downers in life? And Debbie Downer, she's a character on Saturday Night Live, but just like a wah, wah, wah. What, what, what's with the church and Christians that suddenly we become wah, wah, wah? I mean, just Debbie Downers in the world. I mean, we just have this lack of, of joy that's kind of, of, of coming out. And maybe that's the impression that we're giving the world. You know, I've had to do something in my life. I love talk radio. I can't watch, I can't listen to political talk radio anymore. I'm not going to watch, I'm going to watch the news as, as, as seldomly as possible. We live in a world that's so divisive right now that is pitting people against one another. And it, this, this art of arguing and, and basically just this negativity that, that happens. 
that's out there. It's on Facebook. It's in the news. It's, you're listening to it. And it just feels like to me sometimes, and, and I feel this way when I hang around certain people, and these are dear friends, that I just need to go take a shower because I just feel like there's a pollution in my ears, and my, I hear that, and I get in my heart. God calls us to be joyful people. We should be joyful. I mean, God has saved our, us from our sins. There's a place we're going to sit in eternity in heaven. We have a hope and a future. And if we can't communicate that, I don't know who, can't, who, who will. And we should do that everywhere. And we should have the joy of the Lord in our hearts, on the softball fields, at work, at Starbucks, in every place we go. And here's just a simple way we could do that. I'm going to start a new campaign in Houston. It's called The Wave. Thank you for letting me in. I'm glad that you have been waiting for me. That's all it takes. We'll start it here. It's very simple. Just a simple step. There you go. The Wave. All right? Be joyful. Tell the world who you serve by your, your actions and the way you, you love. Uh, there was, I was flying home yesterday from Nashville, and uh, packed flight, packed flight, and uh, I'm telling you, I was in line with the rest of the, the, the grumps, and I'm like, ah, oh, packed, I gotta go sit, Southwest flight, I gotta sit beside, so I go down the line, and, uh, and uh, I have to sit beside two people, and we squeeze in, and of course, the space is like this, and I'm on my computer, and it's just, ugh, you know, just kind of, and I was just kind of feeling that attitude the whole plane. And of course, who's behind me? Uh, but three, I'm going to guess six-year-olds, because I have six-year-olds, okay? And they had never flown before, okay? Never flown before. So we're getting ready to take off. It's like, here we go. 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 Take off! And they are, they're yelling that loud. It's like, and one kid's like, I can see the city! Another kid, I can see the world! And another kid says, I dreamed about this last night, and it was awesome! It's like, and I said, man, that's, that's, the kind, that's joy right there. Man, we need to have that kind of joy in the Lord. I mean, it was, it was incredible. And of course, 10 minutes into the flight, in the middle of six-year-old kids started kicking me in the back the whole time. And I was like, I'm not going to get a bad attitude. I'm not going to get a bad attitude. But I really want to. Uh, that's, that's, that's joy. It's great. Let's be infectious with that. And let's not stop or quench the Spirit's fire in other people as well. Yes. People have dreams and hopes and, and plans for ministry and, and doing things. And, oh, you can't do that. Why, why do you want to do that with your money and your time, your, your talent? How are you going to be able to, to do this or that? You've got, you've got kids. or <sighs> Debbie Downers. And let's, let's encourage one. Let's have the joy of the Lord. Something else that, that, uh, that keeps us and breaks that momentum, busyness. And you guys know about busyness. I don't need to talk about this for long. But busyness. Uh, Jeffrey, one day... Uh, this was pre-workout stuff. You know, he, he got on that little thing, that little run for a while where he was like, remember that? He was huge. His, anyway, his arms were just, mad. he was just on the, that, working out all the time. And uh, he, he came in and said, man, you got to do something. You're just, you're getting kind of out of control with the, you know, <laughs> you need to, to start working out. And I was like, yeah, I don't have time to work out. And it's like, you don't have time not to work out, is what he said. You don't have time not to work out. Yeah, that's, that's probably true. I, I don't have time. 
And there, there's busyness for every one of us. We celebrate busyness. Hey, how you doing? I'll keep him busy. Good, yeah. Well, if you're so busy that you're excluding the Lord and being obsessed with Jesus, then you're too busy. And we need to start saying no to other things. No to other things. There's something else that will uh, break momentum in our life. It's this desire and hope for comfort. We want to be comfortable. And, and I'm, I'm speaking to myself today. I mean, I, something happened to me. When I was young, I, would, I was willing to do anything for the Lord. God, you, you, yes, I was a yes man all the time. Yes, send me to Florida. Send me to, to South Carolina. Send me, if you want me to go, to, I'll go to Africa. I'll do whatever you, Jesus, wherever. And uh, then we had kids. <laughs> and something happens when you have kids. And you just want, you want the best for them, of course. But you want to be, well, I just want to be taken care of. God, God really convicted me a couple of weeks ago. I'm sitting in Starbucks, and, and there are some friends of mine, and, and they're serving in, in Africa, and they have three kids. I'm like, and there they are in this, this village, and they cannot be any happier. Their kids, the only white faces in, in the midst of, of 50, and it was a beautiful thing. It was awesome just to see the joy of the Lord work. I, I immediately Facebooked them and said, I just want to tell you how inspiring, how inspired I am today. That's just of your obedience to God. I, I'm tired of, I don't want to be, I don't want to search for comfort. God, I want to be obedient. I want to say yes, anytime, any place. If it's in Starbucks or it's at church or wherever, God, I'm going to say yes to you. And the only way I can hear that and know that is if I'm in your word, if I'm just saturated and I'm obsessed with you. Maybe you heard this story. Back in 2007, there were these missionaries from, from Korea. And there were 23 of them. Uh, 16 female, and uh, that would make 7 male. Uh, and they went over into Afghanistan. And uh, they went over to do mission work. And uh, the band could go ahead and come on up. Um, and when they, they went over, they actually, they were, they were captured and by the Taliban for basically sharing their faith. And so here these 23 missionaries are, and they're huddled together. And I read an interview recently from one of the missionaries. Uh, the 23, they were together for most of the time, and uh, almost a, during, during the whole process, they were together for 40 days. There were two missionaries that actually, they were executed, two, two of the male uh, missionaries in the group for their faith. And, and then during the interview, they talked about just the horrors of being prisoners and not knowing what was to come and if their life would be, you know, if they would have their life the next day. And they would come together and, and guess what they would do? They had one Bible. And they took that Bible and they, they ripped it into pieces. And each of the 23 they, they had a piece of the Bible, and they were just holding on to God's word. And they even had one of these moments the night before they were separated. The Taliban separated them out so that they wouldn't be found uh, by, by different groups that were trying to save them. The night before they were separated, they, they had this kind of team meeting, this group meeting, and there was an argument that, that broke out amongst them. The argument was over who, who was going to be the first. If, if, if somebody's going to die, who's going to be the first one? No, I, I want to. I want to die. I will. 
I will. That's what was happening in, in, in that group. And they just clung to the word of God. Eventually, after 40 days, uh, they, were, they were saved. And, and in this interview, the, the guy was talking about uh, just the, the, the amazing amount of intimacy they had with God, the fellowship, this connection they had with the spirit that was, that was happening there. And in fact, he said, now that we're back, I, I run into these other missionaries that I spent this time with, and they secretly pull me off to the side, and they say this, do you ever wish that we were back as prisoners again? Because I do. Because I remember those moments as being the most special time in my life. That we were, I was connected to God more than I ever have been before. Comfort. It's overrated. What God wants is this relationship, this connection, this spirit momentum in your life. He wants you to say yes. He wants you to say yes. He wants you to saturate your life in the, the faith. He wants you to saturate your life in his word, into fellowship, into breaking the bread, in his teaching. Let me ask you this. What's God talking to you about this morning? The cool thing about the Spirit is that I, I, I can throw out some things, but you know exactly what God's talking to you about. And maybe there's something that, that you need to do today. Maybe there's somebody you need to forgive. Maybe there's a ministry that you need to say yes to, or someone that's just come into your heart and to your mind and said, I have got to talk to that person. Or maybe... You can think about a time in your life that you were so connected to God and you were just in his word and you could, man, God is speaking in, in an awesome way and, and that time isn't, isn't there anymore and other things have crept in. I don't know what that is this morning, but I want to give you an opportunity. The band is going to play and um, here's what we're going to do. Up, up here we have some dominoes and some, and some pens. And I'm going to just, this is a time just for you. It's, I don't, I'm, just for you to come and pray. You don't, there's not going to be anyone else come around you. If, if you really want someone to pray with you, Pastor Michelle's going to be right over here. And, and she would love to pray with you. But this is between you and God. This is between you and the Spirit. What is God calling you to? What's the next step? What's the next domino? What's, what's God's been speaking to you about this morning? Whatever that is, come up, spend some time with God. Pray about that. Maybe you just want to write it on the back of this domino. There's dominoes in the baskets. You can, you can take this home with you. But let's just make this a time where we say yes to God. Maybe, maybe you need to take the first step. And you haven't, you know about God. You know about the Spirit. But you've never really asked Jesus into your life this morning can happen right here right now you can start you can start the trail this morning by saying yes to God say God I want you in my heart and my life please forgive me of my sins I want you to be my Lord and my Savior and I want to follow you for the rest of my life that can happen right here right now let's be obedient to the Lord as everyone stands God we love you Lord I pray that as your spirit has spoken this morning God Help us to be obedient. Help us to say yes. In your name we pray. Amen.